Parsha's bow. Let us imagine that this is the night before Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Tomorrow we will finally be leaving Egypt after 210 years, and we're sitting now in our homes eating the Korban Pesach. Our bags are already packed, and we are wearing our belts. Matnechem Chagurim. And we have our traveling sticks in our hands. We're all ready to leave. And then, suddenly at midnight, we hear a noise coming from outside. All over Egypt, a great moaning, a huge outcry is heard. The Mashchis, the destroyer, is wending his way over the land and striking down people on all sides. No Egyptian home is spared. Ein bias, asher, asher ein shameis. In every house, somebody was dying. Loud wails of weeping and cries of sorrow are raised from one house to the next, passing from one street to another, throughout the entire land of Mitzrayim. It was a terrible scene. But the Am Yisrael saw nothing of it. The Bnei Yisrael, each family in its little house, was huddled together inside their homes, listening to the wailing in the street. And they wouldn't dare walk out into the street. How could they? It was a command given by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You shouldn't go out from the door of your house and venture into the street until the morning. Because Hashem is going to pass through the land and strike Mitzrayim down. It's very dangerous out there on the street, said HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So stay inside until the morning. And that way, you'll remain safe. And so it seems that staying inside was a safety precaution to avoid being smitten down. If they would be in the street, the destroyer would smite them down too, along with the mitzvah. Now if you look in the, into the Medrash Mechilta, you'll see that a question is raised there. Why, why is it necessary to warn the Am Yisrael against going out into the street? After all, they weren't the ones who were guilty of anything. If their oppressors, the Egyptians, deserve to be stricken down, what, what's it have to do with us? Why shouldn't the Am Yisrael be able to walk around and witness the destruction that's being visited upon their neighbors? On the contrary, they'd be more impressed with the Yad Hashem if they could see his revenge. It would have been fun to take a walk in the streets of Egypt that night. You walk by the house of Fatmin. That's the name, let's say, of the, overse- of the overseer who gave you a vicious beating. He used to whip your son too. And tonight, you'll shapnachas. You'll be standing in front of his house and you hear Fatmin wailing and his wife is crying too because their precious little firstborn is dead in his crib. Ha! That's what he deserves to get. And so you'll be standing on the corner with your neighbor and together you'll be enjoying the good weather and the beautiful sights. It would have added to the great nace of that night. The Bnei Israel were taking leisurely walks on the street while the nation of Mitzrayim is being struck down. It would have been a memorable part of that wonderful night in our history. We talk about it at the Seder, how the weather was so beautiful that night and everybody was walking around outdoors. It should have been the safest night to be out because the Malach is striking only the Egyptians and not the Bnei Israel. And that's what the Mechilta wants to know. Why couldn't the Am Yisrael walk the streets? HaKadosh Baruch Hu, just as he distinguished between the Bate Yisrael and the houses of Egypt, he wouldn't have any problem distinguishing between a Yisrael and a Mitzri in the street. Why did they have to stay locked up in their homes? Now, 
We'll listen to the answer that the Mechilta gives. But as we listen to the words, we must keep in mind that it's not that simple. It will take some explaining. The Mechilta says like this. It's a Gemara in Baba Vasra too. It's a, it's a Gemara in Baba Kama too, by the way. But here it's explained more at length. Magid, this teaches us. Mishinitina Rishus Lemashus Lechabe that when the destroyer gets permission to cause destruction, shuv enu mavchin ben tzadik l'rosha. He will not make any distinction between tzadik and rosha. It's a very important principle that you're hearing right now, and it applies to all of history. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu decides to send the Magaifa Khalila or any form of destruction in order to punish the wicked, it's not only the rashaim who are smitten down, enu mavchin ben tzadik l'rosha. Once permission is given to the destroyer, he's not going to differentiate between the wicked and the righteous. Now you, may, you might say that it's unfair, but the truth is that it's common sense. It has to be that way. Let's say, for example, when the wicked destroyer Hitler, Yamach came to Europe. So we understand that the Am, Yisrael, the Am Yisrael was overflowing with assimilationists. There were many Rishayim, very many atheists. And the Apikorsim were all fighting openly against HaKadosh Baruch Hu. They declared open war on the Torah. So imagine now if Hitler would come and pick out only the Apikorsim to be put on the cattle cars and he would leave over the Fruma in their homes. Would there be any place left at all for free will? You have to be realistic. You want that the Rosha Yeshiva should be able to say Shurim in the Slobodki Yeshiva, in the Telza Yeshiva, and outside of the base Medrash? The Nazis would be killing all the Jews who were leftists? The yeshiva men were, the yeshiva men are walking safely through the streets with their gemaras, and here the Nazis are chopping off the heads of ordinary Jews who are not from, who wouldn't carry a gemara. Everybody would take a gemara in their hand. It's a life preserver to carry a gemara. There wouldn't be anyone to kill. Everyone would become balei shuva. The yeshiva would be so packed that there wouldn't be any place left for the yeshiva boys. If HaKadosh Baruch Hu would make such a miracle that Hitler should send off to the crematoriums only the wicked and all the frumabale batim, all the yeshiva men and the chassidim would remain behind and be able to continue living. It would be too easy to be a frum Jew. There wouldn't be bechira in the world. We'd be robots. That's all. And therefore, like it or not, it's a fundamental principle of Hashem's behavior that when he brings punishment down upon the world to punish the Rishoyim, he does not make distinctions. Like I said here many times before, suppose any Jew who would light up a cigarette on Shabbos would drop dead. You would walk out Shabbos afternoon on the street and you see, as soon as a Jew puts a cigarette to his mouth and lights it, he drops dead. The truth is, that they would get what's coming to them. The Gemara in Sanhedrin says, Af alpi shebatla Sanhedrin din Hashem mitus lo batla. Eventually, they get what's coming to them. But if they would get it in such a spectacular way, if they would drop dead the minute they light that cigarette, so all of the king's, all of the king's highway would close down on Shabbos. There wouldn't be any Michalai Shabbos left over. All the stores that are open on Shabbos would shut down immediately and the owners would run over to the Mir Yeshiva and open up Gemaras. Even the Puerto Ricans and Italians would convert and we wouldn't get any reward for being from. 
It's the first law of nature, self-preservation. And that, the Mechilta explains, is why the Bnei Yisrael were told not to go out into the streets at the time that Hashem was passing over Egypt to smite the land, because they would be in the same danger from the destroyer. Once permission is given to the Mashkes, it will not make any distinctions between the Tzadikim and the Rishoyim. And so Hashem told the Bnei Yisrael, You shouldn't go out into the street until the morning. But we have to study this because, because a question arises, a very simple question. What's it going to help if the Am Yisrael would hide in their homes? Now that we know that when the destroyer is let loose, it makes no distinction between the good and the bad. So what is it going to help to go into the house? A mashkis can't come into a house? You think the mashkis will be frightened, of, will be frightened off if a Jew goes into his house and closes the door? Didn't the mashkis come into the house of the Egyptians and kill the firstborn sleeping on their beds? A malach can pick a Jew, a Jewish lock, the same way he picks the Egyptian lock. So what did they accomplish by being inside of the houses? It's a big kasha. So you'll tell me that Hashem proclaimed, I'll skip over Jewish homes. Okay, so he could just as well skip over Jewish people in the street. If a Jew is walking in the street, Hashem will skip over him, just like he'll skip over a house. But there's a very important explanation to this. Listen to some more words that the Mechilta adds to this. The Mechilta quotes a pasuk from Yeshaya. Hashem is speaking here and he says, Go my people, come into your inner chambers. And lock your doors behind you. Conceal yourself for a little while until the wrath passes by. Because behold, Hashem is going forth to visit the iniquity of the people of the land. Not only that they went into their houses, but it says, Come into your rooms, your inside chambers. Cheder means an inside chamber. And lock the door behind you. So not only did they stay off the streets, but they were told to lock their doors behind them. They put bolts on their doors. And if they didn't have bolts, so they put furniture behind the door to barricade it closed. Now we understand right away that the Egyptians are not coming in anyhow. They had their own headaches that night. They weren't going to come banging down the Jewish doors. The only one who is causing trouble tonight is the Malach Amavis. And that Malach, he's not frightened from the furniture. You can put a heavy piano by the door. He'll still get in. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu told the Am Yisrael to go inside the homes, to barricade themselves inside. And just because of that, they'd be saved. It's something that needs an explanation. And the answer is that the locking of the doors of the home, of their homes, was a demonstration, a special demonstration that said, we are hereby closing ourselves off from the Umas HaOilam entirely. We're isolating ourselves from the people of the land because we have no interest at all in going out in their streets and mingling with them. And that's why Hashem said, if you are going to be out that night, if you won't partake in that demonstration, so the Malach might get you too. And therefore, you can be certain 
when our forefathers fulfilled what they were told. Go into the house and lock the door behind you. They slammed the doors shut. And they bolted it too. Not because they were afraid that some Egyptian would come in. And not because they wanted to keep the mashkis out. Oh yes, they wanted to keep out the biggest destroyer there is. Because the biggest destroyer is the influence of the Goyim. If the influence of the Goyim comes into your homes, you're letting in the real mashkis. That night was the beginning of our nation's history and therefore it had to begin with this fundamental principle. The attitude of Va'avdil etchem min ha'amim li'yotli. Hashem said, I separated you from the nations so that you should be mine. HaKadosh Baruch Hu told them, from now on you are my chosen people and you have to dwell apart. And so tonight, make a beginning of your history by making a demonstration that you have nothing to do with the outside world. The barricading of the door was to show that you mean business, to show that you f- you're finished with the Gentile world. That night the Am Yisrael said goodbye to the Goyim forever. Of course, the Am Yisrael pays taxes and we keep the laws. Certainly you should be loyal to your country. We're just as loyal as anyone else. We should be even more, more loyal than others. I say that a Jew should hang out the flag on the 4th of July. I won't say that you're a sinner if you don't. But I think it's a good thing to hang out the flag. It's not a contradiction to being a from Jew by any means. We hang out the flag from this shul on the 4th of July. After all, America is a good country. We came from countries where we were persecuted. And this country gave us all the rights. And therefore you should do everything that a loyal citizen is expected to do. Except for becoming influenced by American society. You must de-Americanize yourself. The whole sviva, the whole environment is trying to drown out our ideals. We're being inundated on all sides by apicorses, tivus, shtus, avoid zora. It's flooding our homes and therefore everyone must heed the eternal advice of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Lock your doors behind you. I'm not saying it's a problem to learn any technical skills from the Gentiles or to use their inventions. You can even learn certain facts of nature from the Gentiles. Why not? Chokhmah, no matter where it comes from, is still Chokhmah. Anything useful, absolutely, you hold on to it. Instead of walking on foot to go to the base Knesses on the weekdays, we have a right to use a car. Even when we go to Yerushalayim, When the time comes, Mashiach's time probably, will go on the wings of some very beautiful and big super air flyer. And even though many Gentiles participated in designing it, nothing wrong with that, but having any kind of sympathy or 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 sentimentality or sentimentality with the Umas HaOilam and with their ideals and attitudes, the hankering after the ways of the Gentiles That's when we say that we close our doors to the world. Everyone knows that in Egypt, lo shinu et lishonam, they didn't change their language. That's a remarkable thing because in Egypt, they were slaves and the Egyptians didn't speak to them in Hebrew. The Bnei Israel had to know Egyptian as well, but still they kept their own language. It's a fact that's testified to by the Torah. Look at the names of the Jewish people in Egypt and you'll see every name was a name of Lush and Kodesh. A remarkable thing. And they're beautiful names. Names that express a love of Hashem and pride in their people. They were proud to be separate. 
And it wasn't easy because Egypt was a cultured and wealthy nation. They had built big cities and they made progress in the sciences. Egypt was famous for its sciences. And nevertheless, this little pastoral people, shepherds, who had nothing to show that would equal the materialistic progress of the Egyptians, were not overawed. They didn't fall down and bow to the Egyptian culture. No, they remained loyal for 210 years. That's a feat, an accomplishment, without equal anywhere. 210 years enslaved in a very wealthy, big country, and still they didn't fall prey to the environment. And that was the purpose of Vatem Lotetsu. Don't leave your homes and mingle with the Gentile ideas. The fact that they didn't leave their homes that night to wander around on the streets demonstrated that we are Hain Am Lebadad Yishkon, a nation that dwells in solitude. Ubagoyim lo yitchashav, and we're not counted among the nations. It means we don't mix with them. We have nothing to do with them. Their customs are not our customs, and their entertainment is not our entertainment. If they have televisions, we don't. They go to dances, we don't. They read filthy books, and we don't. We have no connection with the Umas Oilam. We are separate from them in everything because we walk in the footsteps of our forefathers who Al-Pi Hashem made that demonstration on that night of the locked doors. And that's why the destroyer passed over their homes. By not going out in the street to walk around and see the sights, the Am Yisrael made a demonstration that they are apart. They are apart from the rest of the populace. It's the act of closing the door, slamming the door shut on the attitudes and the influences of the outside world that saves the Am Yisrael and makes us the nation that belongs to Hashem forever. At the end of Parshish Kedoshim, it states, Va'avdil etchem min ha'amim liyotli. I separated you from the nations to be mine. So the Torah's Kohanim, Kohanim explains it like this. If you're separated from the nations, then then you belong to me. And it says there that when Hashem says you should be mine, it means you will be mine forever. That's the secret of the entire history of our survival. Hashem says, if you're not separated from the outside world, then you're not mine, and we have to part ways. And that's the lesson that we are expected to learn that night. The eternal lesson, that if you don't close the doors, then you'll go lost. And now, we begin to understand that there was a process here, and it's a process that never stops. Not everybody went out. No, not everybody went out. There are some statements that declare that a very large number didn't go out. I wouldn't say it. It seems terrible to say it. I'll tell you the minimum statement. They went out a fifth. Only one fifth went out. Four out of every five were left in Mitzrayim. A terrible thing to hear. It hurts to hear such words. So many went lost in Egypt. But there are worse statements than that. I won't quote them. But there are other opinions that are much worse. It's very hard for us to accept such a thing. But what we're going to learn now is that even those that were deemed worthy of going out, HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to refine them. One refinement after another. 
It's like the man who wants to have pure gold. So first he smelts the gold into the refining oven. And when the drawer swims to the surface, he ladles it off. Then he takes the gold and again he puts it in the refining furnace. Maybe there's still some dross left. He keeps refining it. And again, to achieve perfection. That's how it is with us. The Am Yisrael is always being refined. You remember when we went out of Mitzrayim, all the nations were afraid of us. All the nations heard and they trembled. A trembling took hold of the people of Peleshes. Peleshes is Palestine where the Philistines lived. Everyone was in panic from this nation that had just escaped from slavery in Egypt. But there was one chatzuf, one insolent nation. Amalek. Amalek came. Now truthfully, what do we care about Amalek? What can he do to us if Hashem protected us against the great army of Mitzrayim? Vishalishim al-Kulo. Paro had many chariots and each one with, with trained soldiers. It was a tremendous army. And yet HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave them such a stunning defeat. We have to be afraid of Amalek. Let them come. They can't do a thing to us anyway. But not only did Amalek come, but but, but they cut off some, of, some people from you. You have to understand the word. It doesn't say Nechaloshim. Nechaloshim means people who are weak. But our word Nechaloshim means stragglers. Those who made themselves slow. As we, as, as we were leaving Egypt, the Kalalis are left with a rapid stride. They didn't look back to Egypt. They were happy that the Ananiah covered were leading them and they looked ahead towards their destiny, towards their rendezvous with Hashem. But there were some stragglers. Some people looked back. They were walking with the rest of the people, but they were looking back and they fell behind. Can you still see anything of Mitzrayim? Can you still see the towers of Mitzrayim? They were going ahead. They wanted to come to our Sinai to receive the Torah. But in their hearts, there was still a certain admiration of sentimental feeling. There were interesting things to do, to see in Egypt. They had things there. They could go bowling in Egypt. They could go roller skating in Egypt. Maybe there were art museums in Egypt too. Egyptian buildings they could visit. Nothing wrong, you say. I'm a pious Jew. It's just interesting. It's fun. No, it's very wrong. Because it's not enough that you are forsaking Mitzrayim. You have to understand that Mitzrayim should not deserve your attention or your admiration at all. And that's always a difficult test. You might live in a wealthy and modern city with gardens and trees and nice homes. Maybe you like the way the people dress. Maybe some of them have good, good manners in the streets. It's hard not to be impressed by them. That's what happened when HaKadosh Baruch Hu took the Jews out of Germany. Many of them didn't want to go. They loved Germany too much. I told you the story once. I, re- I remember a case in my father-in-law's house in, Lith- in Lithuania. There was a German-Jewish couple that had escaped Hitler, Hitler, Germany. They saved their lives and came across the border and they settled for a little while in, Lith- in a Lithuanian town. It was December the 24th at night and they were sitting and listening to a radio broadcast. It was Erev Kratzmich. And the radio was broadcasting Kratzmich carols from Germany. And these two people were sitting, 
weeping tears of homesickness for the for their beloved Germany, while they where they always enjoyed listening to these carols in their home in Berlin. They escaped Hitler, but they were still straggling behind, homesick for their beloved homeland. Now, when they left Mitzrayim, Hakadosh Baruch Hu saw that those were the Nechashalim, the stragglers who were walking a little more slowly behind the rest of the people. They had fallen in love a little bit with Mitzrayim. And therefore, he sent Amalek to get rid of them. That was the purpose of Amalek. Vayezaniv, to cut off the tails. We don't need any tails. That was the Pesach of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's why Amalek came. And Vayezaniv, Becha, Kol HaNechashalim, they chopped off the tail of our nation. It was a test. Did you understand the lesson of the log doors? Will you march with your head looking forward with the Klal Yisrael? Forward march! Onward to Sinai. Our eyes are only looking forward. That was the preparation for the great rendezvous at our Sinai. And it still continues this process. HaKadosh Baruch Hu continues to refine our nation. Tziruf achar tziruf. To this day, there are Jews who go lost to unworthy ones. The unworthy ones go lost. Those who make concessions, those who want to live like the Gentiles, so Hashem is happy with them. Is Hashem, so Hashem is not happy with them. Because even if you live in the best neighborhood, but if your door is open, everything seeps in. You let into your house the broadcast of the Leitzim. The Gentiles are speaking in your dining room day and night. And you listen to them. If their books and their magazines are in your home, then it doesn't matter how long your payas are, because it's your seichel that is beneath those payas that matters most. And as long as your doors are open to the Gentile world, your mind is being ruined. Now we have to know that our Kadosh Baruch Hu has helped us in this process of closing our doors to the outside world and being saved there, thereby from the mashkes. And that's by means of the cloud Godel, the fundamental rule that Esav Soine Es Yaakov. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has made it so from the earliest days, even before there was a Jewish people, when it was just Yaakov and his brother Esav, already there was a tendency to do whatever possible to oppose the existence of Am Yisrael. It's a fundamental thread that runs through our history. We'll take an example. I might be wrong, but I'm almost sure that I'm right. What's taking place today in 1990, with everybody ganging up on Medina Yisrael, is nothing but a hatred to the Am Yisrael. Now, I'm not a big patriot of Medina Yisrael, far from it. And yet, it's as clear as day what their intention is, only it's not polite to say it openly. Maybe some Arabs will say it, but the diplomats in Washington or the UN can't say it outright. So they are saying, rights to the Palestinians, self-determination, other phrases they use. But it's only because of appearances sake that they don't come out openly. What they want is to destroy Medina Israel. There is no question about it at all. Nobody should have a moment of hesitation in his mind. Now I'm not going to be an analyst of politics, but if they would yield and give the PLO that wedge of land that they're demanding in the heart of Eretz Israel. That's not going to be the end. There'll be more demands after that. Yerushalayim, certainly. Certainly they want to get the whole Yerushalayim, not only the old city. 
And little by little, they want everything until nothing remains. That's all they want. There shouldn't be any Medinas Yisroel. But it's not Medinas Yisroel they're against. It's another form of hatred of the Jewish nation. Now this doesn't mean that we shouldn't be diplomatic with the nations. Certainly we have to talk to the nations as if they're all decent, as if they all love us. We have to talk to them and negotiate and be peaceful always and never let on that we know the secret that Esav, Soine es Yaakov. It's a remarkable phenomena that we have to study because it's how it always was and that's how it will always be. They can make Jewish organizations from now until tomorrow and spend millions of dollars on studying atheism and it won't help. I'm saying that sentence again. They can make Jewish organizations from now until tomorrow and spend millions of dollars on studying anti-Semitism and it won't help. That's the ambition of the nations. It doesn't mean every single goy, but it's the ambition that HaKadosh Baruch who puts into the heart of many goyim. And even today, we're not immune to it at the least. Let's say you're walking through the streets right here in Brooklyn. You're in a good mood. And you have kind intentions to everybody. It's a beautiful spring day. You just got a big paycheck now. And it's in your back pocket or in your wallet. You're happy and everything is going well. Even the Goyim are friendly. They're nice people. And you're thinking about how good it is that you live in America. An American citizen with all the rights of the Constitution. You're an American like everybody else. And life is good out here on the street. And then suddenly, as you're walking down the street, a loafer is sitting on the corner and he says to you, Hey you, Jew boy! Or maybe the bum throws a banana peel at you, or a bottle. Ooh-wah! Things were going so well, and all of a sudden you're being called a dirty Jew? I had that many times. Worst things they did to me. What's that for? It's not an accident. You have to think. What was the purpose of that? We have to know that there is a fundamental reason why it's happening. It's, become, it's because Hashem is worried about us. Vayet Yisrael me'alav. Yisrael has to turn away from Esau. When we become too much involved in Gentile ideas, HaKadosh Baruch Hu finds it necessary to erect a wall. And that wall is anti-Semitism. The purpose of Esau, Soyne Es Yaakov, is to prevent you from falling in love with him. That's the explanation of the mystery of why HaKadosh Baruch Hu made it that. Don't mingle with them. You might like him. He looks nice enough. He looks like your own cousin maybe. And therefore, why shouldn't you do things like he does and think like he does? Why should you close the door in his face of such good Gentiles? And therefore, HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, let him come and show you who he is. There's no such thing as a good goy and there's no such thing as a bad goy. It depends on us. If we'll keep away from them, they'll all be good. But in case you make the error, so HaKadosh Baruch Hu is watching over his people and he'll remind you about the lesson he taught us that night in Mitzrayim when we became the Am Yisrael. You have to know something is going to, something's going to happen. You're going to get a punch in the nose or a stone in the head. At least they might break your window. But something they will be forced to do because they're not doing anything. They're not doing anything. 
It's our father who is making them act a certain way. It's our Kaddish Baruch who is doing the good or Khalila the bad, not the Goyim. If we try to mingle with them, then even the best ones will become murderers. And that means that the first reaction to anti-Semitism has to be not to contribute to the Simon Wiesenthal Center or other organizations that combat anti-Semitism. It shouldn't be the last reaction either. What you should be doing is thinking, why did that happen? Why would HaKadosh Baruch Hu do such a thing? And the answer is, because Hashem wants, you should fall out of love with them. One of the most important purposes of anti-Semitism is to get you to close the door to your house a little tighter. Of course, if you lock the door, but you have a radio inside and you're listening to their music, or even worse, if you have a television and you're looking at their faces, then you brought them inside despite all the locks you might have on your doors. And therefore, we come back to the Pasuk. You shouldn't walk out of your door until the morning comes. So here you have a family. They made the Korban Pesach and they did all the mitzvahs of the night. They did everything properly as Hashem commanded. And now finally, and now they finally finished the first Pesach Seder. Chasal Seder Pesach Whatever they said. And now they got up and they wanted to go out and they'll take a little walk like some Jew might think after the Seder. It's not too late. So why shouldn't I take a little walk to help digest the matzah? Why not? It's nice outside. In some neighborhoods it's safe and some stores are still open. So he wants to walk in the street after the Seder. Oh no, you have an interest in the streets yet? After such a Seder, you're still thinking of the streets? Atem lo teitzu. Don't go out in the streets because the mashkis will encounter you. And shuv enu mavchim. I know you're a tzaddik. But if you're going to walk the streets, then you are still not enough tzaddik. Enu mavchim ben tzaddik l'rosha. And therefore, lech ami bo b'chadarecha. My people, if you want to remain my people forever, so come inside to your inner room. And once you're inside, lock your doors behind you because it's not enough to go in. You have to show that you want to remain inside. I'm finished with the outside. Of course, you have to go outside sometimes. You have to sometimes walk the streets and you have to deal with Gentiles too. But your mind, your attitudes and ideals should always be locked away in the holy Jewish home. And will stay in that home until the final morning comes, when the Gaul arrives. When the time comes and Mashiach arrives, so we'll have to leave America. America was a good country to us. It took us in when our grandparents were being persecuted in Russia and everywhere else. We came here and we gained equal rights. Certainly, we're grateful to America. But now, Mashiach is here. And all of us are getting ready to board the great plane like eagles. Al Khan Fei will fly to Eretz Israel all together now. So what's the first thing you should think? Don't look back. Maybe you want to take one last look at the beautiful skyscrapers of New York. Forget about it. Don't have any interest in looking back. Look only forward to your great future. 
And until that great day, our, our salvation is by means of Lech Ami. Go, my people, Bo and stay inside your chambers. Not only that night of Pesach. That is a symbol forever. Don't go visiting places of Gentiles. Have no interest in them. The less we invince any desire to see their things, to know about them, the better off we are. Because we have so much to see in our own holy homes. There's so much greatness in our own kehilas. We should spend our lives only concentrating on the importance of the Am Yisrael because there's no end to the greatness of that subject. There's so much endless perfection. Deep philosophy. Chokhmah amuka she'ein lakates. Everything connected to the Jewish people is full of such profound wisdom. Not only our Torah, which has no bottom to its wisdom, but our history, the story of our great men, even supportive of Pishute Yisrael, plain Jews. There are so many heroic stories to tell. We have to appreciate our own homes. We should have in our hearts an admiration for the cloud of the past, our great forefathers of all the generations. Closing the door to the outside world means that our hearts are in our Torah literature. A Jew has to have his heart in the Chumash and in the Nevi'im, the Kesuvim. His heart should be in the Mishnayis. His heart should be in the Gemara. A Jew, a Jew should think along the lines of Nevi'im, Tanayim, and Amorayim, Rishonim, and Acharonim. That's how his mind should operate. And so, as much as possible, he badlu, separate yourself from them. And the more you're separated from them, va'avdil etchem min ha'amim, the more lihiotli, you belong to me. And belong to me means in this world and in the world to come. Bechol makom shenomarli. Wherever it says, li, enu zaz, lo ba'oilam haze, v'lo ba'oilam haba. So forever and ever. The loyal Jew whose heart is with his people and his people's traditions. That Jew is going to inherit the future that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has foretold. Atem hadivikim ba'ashem elokechem. Those who cling to Hashem, the great day will come, and then Hashem will say, Chaim kulechem hayom. All of you have lived to see this great day. Have a wonderful Shabbos.